We begin with a simple meditation, allowing your body to relax and enjoy the conversation which is to come. Sit comfortably and when you are able to, close your eyes. Place your attention on your breath as you inhale and exhale through your nose. With each inhale, drive your breath into your belly, allowing it to expand. And as you exhale, allow the breath to exit with a gentle sigh. One more deep breath in, into your belly. And a gentle exhale as you sigh. And again, a deep inhale into your belly, allowing for a full exhale as you sigh. As you bring your breath to a regular calm pace, inhaling and exhaling through your nose, allow for a wave of relaxation to wash over your body. Finding any areas that may be holding tension. Begin scanning at the top of your head, noticing your brow, your jaw, releasing any tension. Scan your neck, your shoulders, lifting your shoulders up to your ears and allowing them to drop. And again, lifting the shoulders up to the ears and allowing them to drop. Feeling the weight of the world rolling off. As you continue to relax, allow your chest and your upper back to release as you become aware of the beating of your heart in your chest. You may gently place your fingertips on your sternum, feeling the beating of your heart. Chin to chest in gratitude. As you continue to relax, let any tension go from your belly and you may place one hand on your heart and one on your belly, connecting the vibration of these two centers through your hands. Release even further, feeling the weight of your body on your seat as you place your hands on your lap. Allow for this wave of relaxation to wash over your legs, puddling at your feet with any traces of tension disappearing into the ground. Continue to inhale and exhale through your nose, allowing yourself to relax even further Breathe for another three rounds of breath. And when you're ready, you may open your eyes. Hello, and welcome to the Live Journal Podcast. I'm your host, Paola Atlason, holistic health consultant and healthy lifestyle designer. 
During the podcast, I will be in conversation with renowned women in service to their community, sharing personal stories and the self-care rituals that keep us grounded. Let's begin. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Live Journal Podcast. I am your host, Paola, and I have a very special guest here today. I think she's beautiful and hilarious, but apart from that, she does a lot more beautiful things for her community. But I'm excited to talk to Chelsea today because you know when you meet somebody and you feel like you've known them forever and that's, I feel like that's the interact, interaction type, type of situation we have where it's like, oh, hey, like there's this cosmic connection. Um, but I just wanted, I, I, I personally want to get to know you more. And that's why I wanted you to be here with us today and also tell the world about all the beautiful things you offer through your yoga and your, you know, being on this planet. So welcome, Chelsea Forbes. Paula, I'm honored. That was like such a crazy introduction. I think I'm hilarious, but nobody ever tells me that I'm hilarious. So, wow. That's like the biggest compliment that I could get over anything. Like, anything at all is being funny so thank you I think what I think is because we have that same kind of like a little bit dark but not sense of humor you know when you kind of grab onto something and, and you can you know I can look at you and and know what it is that we're thinking you know um I met you at you know Bomberry. when I was younger like tell me I was just saying that I met you at, at Bombberry and from there it was like well when I was younger we we were like taught to laugh at ourselves that was like we all make fun of each other in my family and you kind of can't like I was always the really sensitive one and I would like get in my feelings and start like crying about it you know and I think that I'm still very much like that um but now I'm just funnier so thank goodness for that so where did you grow up? <laughs> um, I grew up in Cliffwood Beach, New Jersey. So it's a central Jersey. It's like a beach town, beach town, quote unquote. But it's more of like, it's just like a small suburb. Not much to do except for skip school and go to the beach. And that's literally it. Like that's all that you can do there. But it's fun. It's cute. It's very quiet. I love it. I love it. And how did that how did that shape you up to do what you do today? Because I know you teach yoga. That's your main purpose from what I see. But you're also very much in the wellness yeah. world. You're part of a um, big, big movement. I wouldn't say necessarily that it's where I grew up. I would say my just my family. Look at this. I'm like in my neighborhood and we've got this like reggae phone outside. Sorry. Um, I... My mother always used to say something to me. She would always say, if you feel like shit on the inside, you better look good on the outside. Always, religiously. So she's always got, you know, it's six o'clock in the morning, she's up. Her nails are done, makeup's done, coffee's made, you know, everything's done. And to me, that meant everything. Like I was always getting my nails done with my mom and I was always doing things that I knew were good for me, you know? And I grew up fairly conscious of what I'm eating. And my parents are like OG hippies. They they know the way for sure. I love it. And were they do into yoga and, and healthy eating and all of these things? Yeah, so 
in health, in terms of healthy eating, absolutely. Like I wasn't really allowed to drink soda when I was a kid. Even now I have one root beer a month and that's like it for me. Like that does it for me. I've been kind of falling off right now because it's summer. So I get a little indulgent when I'm out, but, um, yeah, very strict in that way. And honestly, yoga, I found yoga because of my dad. Um, true story. I was diagnosed with junior rheumatoid arthritis when I was in second grade, when I was seven years old. And I spent a couple of months in the hospital, played field hospital school. And it didn't fare well because field hockey is an extremely aggressive sport. And I think I like got into a fight, like at one game, I like broke a girl's nose and my dad's like, okay, we're done. Like, <laughs> you're not doing this. So I took a yoga class with my dad. I think it was like at New York sports club, something like that. And I was like changed forever after that day. I think I might've been like 11 or 12 years old, seriously with my dad. And then I was just practicing yoga, like on and off through high school, college, but then you go to college and you just want to party all the time. And then I wasn't really. And then I really found it a couple of years ago when I was going through a tough time. I was like bartending and I was like a bottle girl. And I was just like hustling, hustling so hard just to make any money living day to day. And my boyfriend was like, I, I was just like, I'm so unhappy. I need to get active. You know, I, he's like, you used to love yoga. Like, why don't you get back into yoga? I'm like, okay. So he had a friend that worked at a yoga studio and introduced me. And I ended up like volunteering at this yoga studio in exchange for free yoga. And so that was great. I mean, it was really hard to get back into it. And it was a hot yoga studio, mind you. So it's like, you know, it's intense and you got to hydrate. And I found my teacher actually out of like at a summer, at a Memorial Day stoop party, I met this woman. I was outside, and I think I had just left work, and um, we were at my boyfriend's uncle's house. And she came up to me, and she goes, "Do you do yoga like that? Like you do yoga? No, hello, like nothing. Her lips were like wine stained, and I thought she was psycho. And I was like, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> and then I walked inside of the house and I was like, who is this lady? Like I go up to my boyfriend's uncle. I'm like, who is this lady outside? She's crazy. And he goes, you are so disrespectful. And you better right now. And then, you know, long story short, Sarah Marsh, my teacher, um, is one of the biggest yoga teachers ever. Like in my eyes, I mean, she opened up the first hot yoga studio in Tribeca. She lost her studio in 9-11. She used to teach uh, the Giants and Michael Strahan. And she was like Drew Barrymore's personal private teacher. And in that moment, it was so humbling because it's just like, you really think you know everything and then your ass just gets handed to you, you know? And I went outside and I was like, hey, no, so sorry. And I tried to like judge it up, apologize. And um, she was just like, it's all good. You know, I did that to my teacher when she told me like, I should be a yoga teacher, you know? And then after that, it was just like, like incredible. I got my teacher training. She like included me in her teacher training and I couldn't pay, you know, for a teacher training. It's thousands of dollars. And she was like, you're my family, you're good. And so immediately before I was even a teacher, I was like assistant teaching for her privates. And I was like going, you know, to corporate yoga things with her and that. So that was great. It was an awesome experience and um, forever grateful. I love that. I love that kind of story because that's usually how the great things happen 
in our lives. It's, it's almost this accidental when you're least expecting it and it, it comes out of nowhere. And it's interesting that you mentioned that, that at first you thought she was a little, every time I, I met somebody that's highly spiritual, they're usually a little kind of like, you're like, I don't know if no, I, I like don't. you. I don't know if I need, if I want to be around you. And it's because their energy is so intense. That's amazing that you say that because I find even now with my students, they think that you are one way. You know, the internet paints you as one way or just in general, your friends paint you as one way and people will meet me and they're like, oh my God, your life is so amazing. And you know, everything's amazing. And you're a yoga teacher and you're so positive all the time. And I'm like, I'm crazy. <laughs> I'm wild. Like if you only knew like my day to day, are you kidding me? Like I'm stressed out beyond belief and mostly it's my own fault. You know what I mean? But I'm actually a lot more conscious of it now. And I try to be honest. Honesty is the best policy. So if somebody's like, how are you today? And everything's not great. I'm like, not great. <laughs> That's life. It's okay. You know, <laughs> move on. Tomorrow will be good. After winter always comes spring, you know, like it's okay. It's fine. Absolutely. It's, it's one moment at a time. You know, I remember many years ago, I was in, I used to travel to Asia a lot for work. And the, the factory owners there often have, I used to be, I used to go to Hong Kong, Korea, Taiwan, all over the place. And the factory owners there tend to have a feng shui master that has guided them to be where they are in their life. And it, it's very similar to killer guy, Kenny, who I used to love. He, he has this gigantic factory where they make all the fan, like Prada, Louis Vuitton, they make all the bags, right? And the guy is like, he owns a town. It's like a bajillion. But he's the nicest, most humble guy. Like you would come there and you were the center of the universe. So he, he liked the team I was working yeah. so much. He decided to introduce us to his feng shui master who had guided him from being, he had a very humble background and she had told him at one point to get into this type of business, this type of business. Eventually it was what he was doing, but this woman essentially led him to where he was and she would go in and organize the factories and feng shui everything and everything had to be facing the right direction and whatnot. So we're all excited to meet this person. And she had done and everything was so uplifting. And, you know, this experience like, oh, we're going to meet this, this feng shui master. And we were at a restaurant and we're sitting at the table and this woman walks in and we all just felt like, who is that? Like not positive vibes at all. And she was dressed very nicely. But she just had such intense energy that vibrationally, I think I was just not there. So we were all uncomfortable by her presence, right? But then she said that she didn't even say much, but it was she has such a powerful spiritual presence that it was so uncomfortable. But it goes back to this idea of she's still a regular person too. And then she was just talking about her family. And you know, then you kind of, level um but I love what you're saying about people having this perception of oh you're a yoga teacher that means you never get pissed off 
that means you always Nothing's eat wrong. perfect meals. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> no, I live in New York. You know, I live in Brooklyn. <laughs> I live in New York. I live in New York. I mean, I live in Jersey City. I live with someone from France. My mother is Puerto Rican. My dad's Jamaican. I eat a lot of food all food and I always have my entire I've always been a hungry girl you know that's my thing so I like it all I'm happy to try it all any given time from the moment that I open my eyes to the moment that I well I feel like there, there doesn't need eyes to be, be more con you know I love the whole world yeah and the, I don't think there needs to be such a separation between um spirituality and spiritual pursuits and living a, a day-to-day regular human life you know I think a lot of people are often intimidated by getting too deep into any of these practices because they feel they have to subscribe to things they're not ready for when you know in yogic philosophies you're not a monk you're not a Uh, you're not a, a sage you're you're a what is it called a housekeeper a home homemaker a housekeeper, housekeeper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, you are a normal person but you want to elevate your spirituality you don't have to become a monk so can, can you right. elaborate on that on people that are intimidated by the whole yoga spiritual side of things i'm sorry did you say can i elaborate yeah yeah um many examples of this every day. I think um, I had, I was doing a teacher training a couple of months ago and mind you, I got my teacher, my 200 hour teacher training years ago. So I've been a teacher, but a friend of mine, I told him I was doing a mentorship and he goes, why? He's like, aren't you done? Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, I have to like stay home and I have to practice and I do all this. And he's like, but it just sounds like a lot. Like, why are you doing it? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I have to keep learning. Like I didn't just like become a yoga teacher and then that's it. Like it never ends. Like I love taking more teacher trainings and I love workshops and I love learning about the practice that has changed my life. You know what I mean? I feel the most empowered and most fulfilled when I am teaching. That's like, it's the best thing that's happened to me. And it's, given me a better narrative overall you know I'm not perfect and I think since yoga has come into my life it has perfected a lot of aspects you know there's so much still that I need to work on but it's open it's given me a different perspective into my own nature you know it's not even so much about other people anymore as it is about me like I am in control of what I do and who I interact with and I do all the time, you know, I'm, I'm hyper aware of that because it's a internal struggle, you know, but the awareness is key. Definitely. Yes. And don't you feel that when you're teaching, you're learning? Oh, all the time. I learn from my students. I on, I have like gone into classrooms, you know, worst day ever, probably like crying an hour before and nobody knows you know and then I leave and after the class just last week I had a woman come up to me and she was just like you're so gifted she was just like thank you so much you're so gifted and I didn't even know like what I did for her honestly <laughs> you know what I mean I just wanted to like go home and lay in bed so that's incredible to me <laughs> it's so humbling when you know 
first of all, I love what you're saying regarding never stop learning, right? If we, I feel that when we stop learning, you're done. When, when you just, done. you know, first of all, people that think they know everything, they know nothing because the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know anything, right? And, and you go through these rabbit holes and these extensions of, of everything that's connected to what brought you there in the first place. You know, I started out with food and then, no, but we have to add meditation to this. No, but we have to add the lymphatic system to this. No, and now I'm going into myofascial work. No, and we have to, and the, the more, because they're, they're all connected. So the more, the, it, when you open a new door, oh, look at all of the other things that I have to learn now. And especially what you're saying, when, when you're interacting with people, and learning from, from teaching and learning from, from the feedback and learning from not only the things that you're doing well, but the things that you could do better, it just makes you want to keep going. So for me, anybody, anytime I see somebody that's unhappy in their work or their day-to-day, -day, the first thing I ask them is, are you, are you, do you feel like you're learning anything or do you feel like you're, you're there, you're done, you know? So what, what's interesting you right now? What's like your, your, kind of like obsession that you're digging into right now in your in your practices so i would say you know what actually right before i got on this call with you i got an email from um katona yoga center i've done like a lot of training with them and i finished i'm a katona yoga teacher i just got my certification and i'm like oh my god this is kind of a big deal kind of exciting wow and I feel like I've been doing it for like years now <laughs> because Tona is never ending. You know what I mean? Like all yoga is never ending. But with that, it's like I could learn all day long from any of those teachers. They're amazing. So yeah, I'm so happy. Very excited about that. Always trying to learn. Yeah. I mean, Naveen's philosophy, how she's put together yeah. all of these philosophies and created her own thing. It's, it's mind blowing. It's just, it's one of those where it's like, you're it's so practical. Yeah. Yeah. And a great, I remember like my first class with Naveen, I forget, I forget even what I was doing. She made us do like King of the Mountain where you like hold a block over your head for like nine minutes. And I remember being like, where am I? Like, what's going on? Like she's playing like Philip Glass and like everybody's wedding you're in a room of 50 people you're like whoa and then afterwards it's just the most like magical surge of power you know what I mean it's amazing so yeah. I'm very happy for that more trainings on the way oh my god sure. I'm so gonna come see you I love the whole angles thing and, and channeling energy in these angular ways because she's mixing in yoga and in, in traditional Chinese and and uh Tai Chi and I feel like Qigong, everything, everything is in there. And then the meridians and the systems of the body and then the energetic angles. Of the meridian huge, Taoism is huge. The meridian Taoism, pranayama, you know, has changed everything for me, like totally changes my appearance even, I feel like. And um, it's so good. I love it. Yeah, I think that's why people tend to love Kundalini a lot, which she kind of adds in there too. Um, yes. Breath work and it's, you can absolutely change how you look breathing properly. It's like when you oxygenate the body, 
and you either heat up or cool down or however you want to use it. I mean, the breath is so powerful and we just, we have a chance to breathe yeah. so many times in a day and we take that for granted. Like we're literally breathing the whole time that we're alive, but we don't even think about it. The breath is sacred. I completely agree. And I think that um, even in teaching, you know, like I have my private students and I'll bring pranayama to them and they're like, what are we doing? Like, and it's not even like they're scared or confused. They're more just like apprehensive at something that they've never done before. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, is it, is it that hard to consciously breathe? Like, I guess so, because you're unconsciously breathing every second of every day, you know, but it centers you. It puts you in the middle of yourself. You know, I think um, time and energy is all that we have in life. Naveen says this, it's all that we have in life. It's all that anybody wants from you. And it's all that you have to offer. So like, what are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your energy? Like use it to its highest potential. Try to like take up as much space and, and accumulate as much knowledge as you possibly can. Absolutely. Because it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a conscious awareness the, 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 of, of every moment, not hyper-awareness, but a conscious awareness of how does our day move by? I have a client and recently she was asking, you know, if I, if, if, how do you get organized in a day? Like she felt she, she, she was so out of grasp with everything. She didn't have enough time in the day to do everything she wanted to do. And that's why she wasn't taking care of herself, which is a very typical story, especially for women, right? We put ourselves last and blah, blah, blah. And what I teach is, no, you got to put yourself first. You're the, the most important thing in your life is you. Because if you're not doing well, nobody around you can benefit from you, right? So the first thing that came to mind for me was, or the first thing that I, I guided her to do was, can you add up how much time it takes you to do all the things you do in a day? Like how much time is it taking you to brush your teeth, make your breakfast, answer emails, commute somewhere like if, and when you when you tally it up you realize you spend so much time actually not doing much but you're just it's like these energetic leaks it's like a faucet yeah. that's open and, and then you're exhausted and then you're exhausted and you know and then I, you're I, you're suffering and then I, I hate when I get home and I'm like I'm so tired and it's like I've done nothing <laughs> like yeah. what did I even do today nothing yeah. No, and you know, the, the, the podcast interview from last week with Beverly Simpson, who is fantastic, she brought up that same um, point where it's what, what that you made regarding time because we have so much of it, quote unquote, we just give it away. And it's like, here, time, time is free. I'm just spending my time. And then you're like, why didn't I get to do everything I wanted to do? And why am I so tired? So once you understand like you said where your time and your energy are, are spent you become so much more energized and empowered because you are able to um and i feel like that's the beauty of yoga and that's the beauty of of um whichever type of yoga resonates with you you really understand your role in space and time and you are able to really focus on the task at hand i mean you can't do any pose if you're not focused on it you fall over 
you tip over. Absolutely. It has to be this awareness of alignment and placement and configuration and the breath. But I would love to know how do you incorporate then this yoga and the breathing and all that into your daily life? Oh, what I was just going to say is like, you know, I do get busy. I, I, you know, I have, I have time and, but sometimes I don't allot time to the correct things. Like, thank goodness for my planner right now. because that's really keeping me in check. I've brought myself back to like fifth grade where I, I'm obsessed with my agenda and I got it all done. But when I'm not practicing, I am suffering. I am at my highest self when I'm like waking up, practicing, you know, that structure, it gives me boundaries. And I work a job Monday through Friday. So I don't get to wake up in the mornings like I used to, you know, not thank God for COVID, but wow, COVID, I was like on top of, you know, it was really bad for some people, really great for other people. And I was practicing every day as much as I could, all the teacher training, all the workshops, all the reading, everything that I could. Now life is back moving. It's hectic. You know, yes, I have this dog and I wake up at six o'clock in the morning. I walk my dog and I go to work. And then by the time I get home, I'm like, I don't want to do anything or like, or I have to go teach. You know what I mean? So it's hard, but I find time. I have the weekends off now, which I've never had maybe in my life. So that's fun. And I can practice on the weekends and you know sometimes before bed but I'm not gonna lie my practice is suffering right now and you know it sucks you don't want to operate from a, from a place of lack right like tonight um yeah. I'm going to teach and I'm so excited because I love my students it's one of my only like in-person class you know right now um I don't feel like I'm operating from a place of lack right now because life is teaching me a lot you know yoga teaches me things every day and I have that influence but you know life is definitely handing me some things now and I feel even more inspired to just keep going and just teach all the time I so hopefully that. more practice for me and more yoga for everybody it's else beautiful and you know and I think it's you're you're not alone in that feeling of you know, when we were confined to our home and we were able to work remotely and structure our day, a lot of people found a safety in that because there's no distraction. But it's like it's almost like that comparison to what mm -hmm. we were talking about in the beginning of the conversation. It's almost monastic. It's like I'm in my cave and nothing disrupts me. So I can cook yeah. my food and meditate and do my right. But then all of a sudden you're back in the in the role and it, it's, you know, what I, what I tell people is there's a transitional period that has to happen in any change you make in your life. And this one is pretty major because we went from being locked in our homes for over a year, having rules handed to us, having a really, you know, we had to transition into that. And then we found our flow. Some, some did not, um, or somehow in that structure. And now we have to transition to going back to hopefully not exactly the same as we did before, but definitely interacting with people and being outside and doing all of these things. So what is something that you feel is keeping you more grounded in this and what you just described as, you know, you're in a period of learning and life is handing you to that. So 
apart from your practice, what is something in your day-to-day, -day, you know, what are your non-negotiables that can keep you with yourself? Non-negotiables. As soon as I wake up in the morning, I have lemon water. I know it's like who Gwyneth started that, like whoever started that, my mom started that for yeah. the record. So <laughs> hot water with lemon religiously um i have fallen off of the dry brush um thing nicole actually was like you should get a dry brush this is like three years ago and i was like okay i'm gonna do it and i'm obsessed i've fallen off and my skin is suffering right now and my energy is suffering but trust me i'm gonna go back to immediately because <laughs> it's summer um i mean my dog i know it's annoying but like nothing makes me happier when i look at her i'm like nothing could matter less like I think about all of the things that upset me throughout the day and then I just look at this thing that speaks no words and like acts like a psycho and I'm like do you man I wish I wish I had somebody paying my rent like this and cleaning up after me and feeding me sea moss and sweet potatoes like wow lucky you you know it's it's really like little things I think I, I have amazing an amazing community um and they're always there for me they hold it down and i'm very grateful um for that i think friendship is key yeah friendship and connection and that's something that i think a lot of us are understanding now when we didn't have the opportunity to see our friends and loved ones or even the same as we did before i find that for me it was even awkward like i didn't know how to like I wanted to hug people, but then we can't really, maybe some people don't want to be hugged, but you know, the energy of others is just, it is self-care having. I'm a hugger. Energy. I feel bad because I just run up on people. <laughs> I run up on people like COVID or no COVID. I'm like, it's all good. Just, I just need to be touched. I'm well, the, the hug with it, with but a face Nobody gets freaked out, you know? No. I try to make it light. I'm an air sign, obviously. I don't know anybody that's into the astrological, but yes, it's very hard. This is the boundaries. This is where it all loops in. It's like, it's very hard for me to stay on the ground. I like to consider myself dynamic. You know, I don't think that it's hectic or all over the place. I think that it's fun. I like to enjoy myself. Yes. And sometimes it gets problematic, but then we just regroup, you know. What are you? I'm a Libra. What are you? <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> you are a Pella? I didn't know that about you. Yeah, I'm October, October wow. 11th. I'm a Libra. Wow. Yeah, me too. Scorpio. You're an October Libra. We're the crazy Libras. Oh. I'm a September I'm a September Libra. I don't feel like October Libras are crazy. Well, we're, we're like the like low I mean, maybe. Classy. We're like we we look very Yeah, you're the end. Like low key. <laughs> Agree. Okay, but we are, we're hungry. one of my one of my best friends is a Libra. She's a late October Libra, but we're we're like the same, but we're so different in so many yeah. ways. And now it makes sense. It adds up. It adds up, right? My best friend is a, is a September Libra, Rita, and we're like the same, but completely different. Too. Like she's so much more yeah. than me. I feel like she she's she's just more grounded. I'm I'm definitely more yeah up. but then but then I'm I'm like the yeah I'm like the wacky but I look very serious but I'm like the 
She lives through me. She has me do all the things. I can look serious too. I think it's RBF. I have like chronic RBF, but a lot of people do. It's okay. I love it. You know. So Chelsea, if anybody wanted to reach out, <laughs> take one of your classes, where can they find you? I'm literally teaching different times all the time. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, I usually posted there um my website chelseaforbes.com and that's it try to stay low-key call me you see me on the street be like hey that's it <laughs> well i you know i go you know i come see you i come see you over there you come see oh at bombberry yeah yeah i go i'm like i need to see her and i just i just come but it's been an honor to have yeah. you on the program. It's always so refreshing when I get to know somebody better through these conversations and you're just a rock star and I can't wait to see you. And now I know I can hug you. So I'm gonna hug you hard. Oh my God, time always, please, means the right. world. Thank you for listening. For nutrition, coaching, wellness offerings and upcoming events, please visit my website, paolaatlason.live. And for daily musings and simple advice, you can find me on Instagram at paolaatlasonwellness. Sending love.